0: Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast today we're focusing on optometry and I'm interviewing one of our client superstars, Dr. Aaron Werner. Dr. Werner is a vision source administrator and a fifth generation optometrist. In this episode, Dr. Aaron helps us understand his leadership style, mindset, and methods in creating a successful optometry practice. And now here's our conversation with Dr. Aaron. Welcome Dr. Werner. Thank you. It's wonderful to have an optometrist on the podcast. I'm super excited to have you. I put you in our category of client superstars. That I've been interviewing <laughs> for the podcast. Um, and this is going to be an episode about really growing your optometry practice. And um, Sue Reardon, our director of optometry, uh, connected me with Dr. Werner. And um, I'm excited. You not only have a very successful multi-generational practice in Southern California, but you're also a vision source administrator for the San Diego area that's correct which is pretty cool yeah we love vision source so Very cool yeah um, well we can talk more about that in, in a little bit but um, tell us a little bit about your practice
1: well we've been there for well that opened up 26 years ago I was uh, in fourth grade learning how to keep my shoes tied <laughs> but uh, it's it's been fun kind of seeing the practice grow and, and being a part of it you know as I got older being able to be more and more of a part of it. Um, and then, kind of coming full circle to being able to to practice with dad and to uh, to sharing the responsibilities of running practice with him.
0: Wonderful. And tell us a little bit about what what makes your practice unique. Um, I think we have a a good mix
1: of um, of attitude. We know what we want out of the practice. We uh, we certainly want to uh, uh, to cater to. Um, to the patients who, who appreciate quality, who appreciate good service, we have no interest in, in you know just seeing somebody and, uh, and selling a quick pair of glasses and moving on to the next patient. It's much more of a holistic, um, you know, take care of you, make sure everything's working how it's supposed to, and, and not only get you to, uh, to see in 2020 or better today, but making sure that you've got two healthy eyes that will help you keep seeing that well for the rest of your life.
0: So it sounds like you're really you're very much into the relationship which we love of course at fortune and you've got a specific attitude or mindset that you've adopted. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So we love change. Um, I love change and my stuff to learn to uh to love change along with me.
0: <laughs> they don't um, always though, do they?
1: No, they don't always change is, is not comfortable and change takes work and and Sometimes it can be a little scary, but uh, but change is also how we grow and get better and, and become better at our craft and better people.
0: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about some of the changes that you've made in your practice that have helped to be successful.
1: Um, well, we're always looking at, at new technologies, anything that can help us um, be proactive in in patients' health. Um, so it, it's you know every year or two, there's definitely uh, um, some changes there were we, about a year and a half ago, we upgraded to a uh, newer, more streamlined, and better EHR system, which was was something we needed to learn. Um, obviously, we've got ICD 10 coming, and so we've been uh, busy getting ready and making sure that, that we know what we're doing when time comes for uh, on October 1st to roll over to the new coding system. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on a smaller scale, we we look at just Day in and day out, what are we doing in the practice? It's uh, it's commonplace for me and now others in the practice to see somebody doing something um, and just ask the question: Why? Why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing it like we're doing it? And making sure that you know it's not just a habit or a routine, but there's actually a purpose. And see if we can be you know do what we're doing, but maybe in a different, more efficient manner.
0: Mm-hmm. So just on a, a, a leadership. Question. How have you been able to communicate that to your team, that those are your, that's your vision and that's your expectation?
1: I, I, I I tell them flat out that, that change is something that's inevitable Mm -hmm. and we can either be on the front end proactive on the change curve, or we can be on the the back end reactive on the change curve, but either way we're going to have to change. And I'd rather be on the front end of it. And when, um, from day one, when they're hired, you know, I sit and talk and explain this philosophy and, and tell them that you know I'm not challenging, I'm not you know questioning their their intent or their ethic, uh, but I'm really questioning why we do things the way we do right and Great. and if we can constantly be better at it and invite them to be part of it
0: and I think that that really communicating from day one, I think so often people are shy about communicating what they really want when when somebody's starting or or they or they don't repeat it sounds to me like you're consistently telling your team, this is how we want it, or let's look at things differently because people need to hear things over and over again to make it to make it more real for them.
1: Oh yeah. My wife will tell you it takes her telling me a lot to train me to do things the right
0: way. So, <laughs> <Exactly>. I... <laughs> so you, you do the same with your team, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's, you know, it's just something with leadership. You have to continually communicate what your vision is. And, and, uh, so I love how you talked it. To... now as you're, is your dad also equally as um, interested in change and, and always growing and learning and doing things better?
1: Yes, he's always been on, on the front end of that. And, uh, and as far as you know, equipment and techniques and you know, we, education, yeah, we've probably where I got
0: some of it from. Probably is, absolutely. So let's talk about the industry of um of optometry. What do you see happening in the industry today?
1: Um change <laughs> the uh, there's a um, there's a lot of verticalization in the industry. Okay. we're seeing a, a lot of companies get together work together on a smaller scale. We're starting to see uh, practices get together and and merge together
0: sure um,
1: the uh, it's I think there's a lot of things that are happening that nobody knows the answer to as far as healthcare from a large scale um, you know what's, what's going to be the, uh, the end result and the end effect of, uh, of Obamacare mm-hmm. now that it's in place and running through. And like any policy, there's going to be you know good effects and bad effects that uh, and effects that were completely unintended to come out of it. Um, so trying to understand you know how all of that relates to to the individual practice and the individual practitioner, and quite frankly, the individual patient.
0: Right. Absolutely. So yes, there has been some merging and some corporate practices and or just multi uh, multi-location practices and so how are you all handling some of those changes
1: well we try to, to make sure that that you know we keep in on both a uh, kind of a larger community scale in San Diego and also um, you know listen to our patients we're unique in that we are a little bit more uh, more isolated although our our neck of the woods is growing rapidly um, but we look to uh to expand as far as associates and staff training, and um, so that we can increase our services um, without increasing too much of uh, of cost to the bottom line.
0: Great. So, you're incre- What are some of the services that you are offering that's you know increasing your, your value?
1: Um, well, recently we've uh, in the last couple of years we've uh, acquired uh, NOCD, which lets us get a much better view of a uh, patient's retina than we were ever able to to see before. So we have uh, have our staff all you know, trained up on on being able to to run the instruments. Uh, we stay on top of any of the new uh, contact lens technologies and uh, pharmaceutical technologies, um, so that we can continue to uh, to integrate what's happening um, in, in research and development, you know, with our everyday care, and and still try to uh, to provide it at an affordable cost.
0: Awesome. So it sounds to me like, well, you clearly you're a lifelong learner and you always love to to learn new things and implement them in your practice. How do you um, communicate these different changes in technology and pharmaceuticals? How do you communicate those to your patients so that they're really seeing the value?
1: Um, well, just like we communicate to our uh, uh, to the staff that, that we're constantly learning and growing, we, we tell patients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, And we tell patients in the exam room, we're very big on education as far as the, the rest of our team goes. And so we educate them um, and tell them that, that, you know, we expect and encourage them to communicate what they're learning to the patients. Um, I'm a huge believer in, in uh, self-management and that the, there's not one single person that's more important in the practice than anybody else. Quite frankly, the, a patient's experience is only about 10% with the doctor. And 90% with the the rest of the staff. And so if I can help them also educate the patients and help them become more educated themselves, better process.
0: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, I love that. And I love how you're communicating with your patients. I think so often in healthcare, we're doing so many things behind the scenes, but we're not communicating that to our patients. So they're not really seeing the value. And so that's when they may shop price rather than the service that they're getting or the relationship that they have with you. So that's excellent.
1: Yeah, you brought up a, a, a good point that I think it's gets glossed over um, way too frequently. Is is that nobody understands the value until you tell them what exactly. the value is, yes. and and you know too often that leads I your practitioners and colleagues you know complain that somebody didn't respect their time or their knowledge or their efforts, and the question always is, well, did you tell them that you took the time? Did you tell them you know that the knowledge that you shared with them? And did you? share with them the efforts that you took on their behalf because if you don't know them that, they don't know.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. I think um, you're hitting on some of the key points of, you know, with, in fortune management, we're constantly talking about how communication first with yourself and with your team and with your patients is really going to be, um, is really going to determine the outcome of your your success and the outcome of your relationships and the outcome of your emotions, how you communicate is everything. And when people don't communicate their services, and this goes for dental veterinarian, uh, plastic surgery, you have to communicate what you're doing to the patient so that they can really see that value. So that's terrific.
1: I like how you mentioned the, on the communication, the communication with yourself, Mm -hmm. because I think that's, that's a, a key step that often gets overlooked. Um, and that we coach a lot when when I have a, a staff or a patient who's you know, venting in frustration or sharing a problem they're having. Um, quite often they haven't communicated with themselves, and, and what they really want is an outcome. Sometimes they don't even understand the problem, and, and so helping them work through and, and see what they really want and what they're facing before they ask for help is, is a huge issue. And, and uh, that was one of the tools that Fortune brought to me. And, you know, kind of a a little problem checkoff list that I can run through and make sure that I'm really understanding personally whatever situation we're facing.
0: Absolutely. That's the magic of the reality check. (laughs) We don't always, we don't know what's going on for the other person or maybe we don't have all the information. I find that's usually the case. So uh, it can really diffuse your upset. So not only that helps you with communicating with yourself, but it also helps with communicating to other, other folks around you and your patients. So that's great. And tell me a little bit more about that because when you're, when you're owning a, a practice and you are, uh, challenge with all of the challenges with the with the business and the team. What is the mindset that you've adopted to become the most successful that you can be?
1: The um, delegation is probably the best word, although I don't think it fully encompasses the the feeling and the thought behind it. Um, I think trust is probably a, a better word. The I don't believe in micromanaging, mm-hmm. um, and I believe in bringing in and surrounding myself with good people who I can trust and then if I can trust them to do their job I just have to remember that they're trusting in me to do mine and so not trying to, to micromanage not trying to um, to think that my way of, of doing things or my way of thinking about things or my perspective is the only way um, nor is it the right way my staff here is just a lot but uh, <laughs> Um, but, but, no, really, just you know empowering the team around you to make decisions and to um, to look at things and teaching them and coaching them to to analyze and attack everything with a uh, kind of a third party perspective so they make the right decision, and then letting them know that it's okay to be wrong sometimes. it's okay to fail because that's how we grow the most.
0: Absolutely, I think that that's and that's true leadership when you are seeing somebody, some, seeing in a team member that they're better than they actually think that they are, and then they rise to the occasion and all that trust and and certainly no one wants, likes to be micromanaged, um, but they do like to be led. They do like to be led and they want to believe in a, in a leader so I think that's that's wonderful it's you can never have enough of that in your practice or in your life for that matter
1: <laughs> no not at all and, and actually it's a great way to find a little bit more uh, a few more minutes in the day than somebody else you can teach somebody else to to make decisions and and manage some of their problems I you know that's one more monkey that uh, that I get to move off my desk
0: absolutely and time is our most valuable resource right dr aaron i mean it's oh, like <laughs> yeah. yeah time is more more valuable than money in some cases so so you talked to me a little bit about the services that you offer that you've you've broadened the services and created more value you've also talked to me about the mindset that you've adopted and with delegation and leadership and trust tell me some other ways that you've um that you've implemented to grow your practice
1: um well, Optometry is unique, and we have a uh, both a medical side and a retail side in the glasses and contact lens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've looked at, uh, at really the, the retail side from a patient's perspective, and what, how can we help them navigate their change in healthcare, uh, which most of us know means higher deductibles and, uh, and higher premiums, mm-hmm. um, so they can still get the, the high quality. Um, recommendations that we that we make um, without having to uh, try to break the bank or uh, you know or, or feel bad that they can't follow through um, and have to settle for something that's uh, less of a quality. And so, in, uh, for example, in contact lenses, we believe in daily contact lenses. They're they're the healthiest, most convenient, most comfortable way to wear a contact. Um, they can also be the most expensive. And so, historically contact lenses were sold as an annual supply. You bought everything you needed for the year. Um, at the end of the exam, and you were good for the next 365 days. Sure. Um, and what we've done with, with dailies in, in our office to, to much success is, uh, is really implement a, uh, a quarterly you know shipment program. Um, instead of uh, walking out the door with eight boxes in hand, um, we've automated internally a process where we can You know, you can leave with the two boxes, which is your next 90-day supplies, and then before that runs out, you know, we'll charge your credit card for the the next two boxes and have those drop shipped directly to your doorstep. And so it makes it much more convenient and much more affordable to break that down over a years period of time. Um, We've seen compliance go up. We've seen uh, the 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 number of contact lens boxes sold go up, and. uh, and really help patients be more compliant and how they're caring for their eyes.
0: That's awesome. I think that's what's so great about that is you're seeing what people are, you got to give people what they want. People are expecting, you know, they can bank 24 hours a day. They can go to the grocery store 24 hours a day that you need to shift your services to meet people's needs. And it sounds like you've really done that with that drop ship program. I love it. That's awesome. What What yeah. else have you guys done as far as creating more of a holistic practice?
1: Um, Well, one of the uh, uh, we've recognized that that sometimes, not sometimes, quite frequently, the uh, um, the benefits the patients get in their uh, from their vision care plan towards glasses don't fully cover what they what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, now that we're all staring at laptops and iPads and computer screens all day long, you know, one pair of glasses just doesn't cut it. And so we uh, we've worked with uh, especially with Vision Source and the the, the wonderful products and, and great pricing we have through them, um, we're able to offer uh, affordable luxury, is what we like to call it, but but uh, high quality, um, top quality lenses and frames and, and products um, with everything they need, but at, at prices that uh, that are affordable and, and help people get the the two and three pair of glasses that really they need every day.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Wonderful. So, well, actually, let's talk a little bit about Vision Source. Why don't you tell me what your experience has been and what the benefits are of, of a group like Vision Source?
1: So, Vision Source is a, as you know, is a network of independent private practice optometrists whose mission, quite frankly, is is the preservation of independent optometry. Yep. We believe that that the best care and eye care you can receive is from an independent optometrist who gets to make decision who is not influenced by a uh, by a healthcare administrator above them who's kind of telling them what to do. So we're 3,000, over 3,000 offices strong, over 4,000 doctors strong in the, in the U.S. Um, right now we're the second largest um, optical retailer and uh, we're closing in on being the first largest. But the unique part about that is we're completely independent. So the doctor has full autonomy to make any decisions on product and care and services that he or she wants to make in the practice.
0: Yeah, I do. I love Vision Source. I've, I've went, they were here in Denver. I went to the the meeting. It's yep. a terrific organization. So, tell me a little bit about what the advantages would be to joining Vision Source.
1: So, the real secret sauce for me is the fact that Vision Source turns competitors um, and colleagues into friends and family. Um, so we can sit down, and we do sit down, you know, a dozen times a year in San Diego with. 35 to 40 doctors and have a free conversation on, on, you know, best practices, things I'm trying, things are working for me, things, you know, aren't working for me. Um, What are you doing? What am I doing? Um, Even down to, to literally helping each other's practices out. We had a, uh, a doc out here in San Diego who had some health issues and had to be out of the practice and the other docs in the group filled in for him while he was gone on extended leave so that the, the practice and, the team in the practice was still successful while he was out.
0: So it really ends up being a a trusted group of advisors and a a mastermind group and a group of, is it like, would you say it's like a study club also?
1: I think it's much more than a study club. club. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, a meeting of the minds.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's
1: not a doctor that in Vision Source that I couldn't call at a drop of a hat to ask a question about a patient I had sitting in the chair in front of me, mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know any mm-hmm. one of them would step out of what they were doing to chat with me for a few minutes to uh, to help me out, and and I would happily do the same for for one of them.
0: Certainly, and what's so wonderful about that is that it does help independent optometrists stay independent. At the same time, I mean, you've got your Father, there at your practice. However, most are solo practitioners, or maybe they have one other doctor there. So, it's it's a wonderful way to have that camaraderie and that um, a, another opinion about a case, um, without having to be yep. in a large group practice.
1: Yeah, opinions about cases, opinions about business decisions, opinions about streamlined, uh, opinions about how to. to you know, what color to paint the walls in the office, you name it. And, uh, and I'm sure it's been asked
0: <laughs> Absolutely, so, and answered. That's great. So. so what do you see is, is next for you as far as your practice? Um, how, what, what plans do you have to implement down the line of growing more and making some more changes that you love?
1: Um, changes I love the, um, uh, I don't think I, I, I make too many, uh, uh, big long- term plans, I and mean, we always want to be successful and And you know one day I would love to uh, to be able to find a you know, some property and be able to to you know build a practice and and maybe kind of leave the uh, um, kind of the strip mall and not have to deal with uh, uh, with owners and and leasers and overhead. Sure. but uh, um, which is challenging in San Diego. there's not too much too much property available anymore. Um, but I don't think that, that we really have big, huge plans. We, we look things a year out. Um, there's not a whole lot of, uh, um, uh, newer technology that, technologies that have, have come out recently that, that we don't have. Um, so I think a lot of it is just refining processes and, you know, waiting to see if our preparations and our preparations for, uh, for ICD 10 and for the healthcare changes in Obamacare you know, it, how we prepared for them and, and the results of that and to adjust accordingly.
0: I think that's great. Keeping your house in order so you can grow and you can bring on more, more patients. Tell me, how do you market your practice?
1: Um, we do a lot of, of, we rely on a lot of word of mouth. Um, we, uh, we've we been in the, the community we're in since I was a kid. And uh, the practice, the house I grew up in, my elementary school, middle school, high school, and my house now is all within about eight miles of each other. Uh-huh. Um, so great. it's a very, very close-knit community, and, and we're very much involved. Um, we uh, we have uh, a great team who loves Facebook and Instagram, and so we do, um, I think, a pretty good job of, uh, of the social media marketing. Um, one area we don't do is we don't do a lot of uh, print marketing, investing you know too much in, in mailers or, or whatnot. We rely more on, on building relationships.
0: Okay, great.
1: And then uh, yeah. inviting patients to to, you know kind of introduce us to their friends and family so that we can continue those relationships.
0: Absolutely. And a practice like yours that's based on relationships, that is how you're going to to uh to to build it and, and have a referral based practice is the strongest one. So that's that's excellent. I love it. So tell me, what um, I like our listeners to know, Dr. Aaron, a little bit about my guests that I have on the podcast. Tell me, what's been some of the best piece of personal or professional advice you've ever received?
1: Um, two pieces of advice that, that I fall back on. One is uh, goes back to that change, so change or die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you're not constantly looking to change, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. Um, and then one my, uh, my parents shared with me, right when I was out of uh, high school and kind of getting ready to venture off and become an adult, um, <laughs> was to listen, to listen to your heart. Yes. To, uh, the, that, uh, you know, that sometimes not all decisions are, are logical decisions. Sometimes you just have a gut feeling. Um, but to, to really, you know, listen to your heart, trust your instincts. Um, and, uh, and so between those two, I, uh, they, they kind of run through my head frequently. Cool mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you really have done that because you're, you're going with your values. You're, um, sort of a renegade in a bit where you're, you're loving change and implementing new things. So I just love that. Any book or resource, any like a book, what's the latest book that you've read? That's was excellent.
1: Um, that is the, um, uh, David Glass. Oh, nice. With, uh, yeah, with, uh, with Malcolm Gladwell. It's, um, Completely flipped my way of thinking upside down.
0: Oh, I love uh, that. Uh huh.
1: And I didn't think that there was too much that could surprise me anymore, um, and and change me much anymore. That was was one of them. Um, that uh, that really not everything that, that you see um, is truly as you you think it is. Yes. And uh, and and you know who you see is the, the the disadvantage may actually you know at times be the advantage and, uh, and that opportunities, you know, become, you know, sometimes less shiny than we necessarily see them. And, and tragedies really a lot of times can turn into uh, to an opportunity. So um, it just helped me see a different perspective and, and help me you know, challenge even more on, on things that I see.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I love, I love Malcolm Gladwell. He's one of my favorite authors. I read the tipping point when it came out and, um, it's yep. funny. I've read every other book except for this David and Goliath. So I'm going to have to put that on my list, but I will put that, the link, uh, to that book in the show notes, um, as well as all of your, um, your website and everything, um, so people can look you up. But I think that's great. I love. That you picked that that you mentioned that book because it is true that things aren't always how they how they seem, and uh looking at it from different perspectives, I think we could use a little dose of that in our world these days, don't you think <laughs> oh absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, it was such a pleasure talking to you and learning more about your optometry practice and learning about how you've been so successful. I know that there are so many, um, kernels of, of, of truth and, and, and tidbits in this episode that people will be able to implement. How can, how can people find you?
1: Um, so the easiest way to find us is, uh, is our website at, uh, com and the, uh, or through the Facebook page, which, uh, um, it's also the uh, facebook.com slash Warner, Warner OD.
0: OD. Okay, great. I will put both of those on the show notes so folks can look you up and maybe uh, send you a note or two. Thank you so much Perfect. and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on fortune management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.